Whistle, Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pig and Whistle Inn in Stormwind, I go through a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. Today we're going to be going over the weekly news in WoW and what's been happening in the past you know, few weeks since I last did the uh, last week. Uh, since I last did the uh, WoW news and uh, we're going to be covering all bases but it's going to be the main things I'm not going to break every single little piece down but give you a sort of variety and overview of what has been happening but as always we have the weekly stuff to get through so we've got the world bosses for this week on Nurgash, Muckformed and Morgeth go grab your anima and grab your potential conduits and stuff like that the brawl for this week is classic Ashran. This is Ashran where you have to kill the enemy's uh, enemy faction leader and it doesn't have reinforcements. It's just forever ongoing. So you can stay in there for as long as you want or until you kill the opposing faction or they kill yours. It's that simple. We have a Legion time walking still up so you can uh, continue to do the Mage Tower over Christmas and you can continue to do Legion time walking dungeons to pick up some you know nice pieces of gear for your alt characters. And we also have the Feast of Winter Vale that is still ongoing you know to celebrate Christmas and stuff like that. That will be going on until about the new year I believe one or two days into the new year. So definitely do everything that you can with the time walking and the winter veil because they will not be around for much longer. Our question for the day or question for the episode is uh, one that was sent in by a recently new viewer and it's uh, it reads as follows. I'm a bit newer to the game and have found Burning Crusade Classic more enjoyable rather than retail. I'm still at a low level, so what would you recommend as a route to get to level 70? So, I usually have a specific route when going through Burning Crusade levelling. It's very much alliance dependent, Horde can vary, but most of the zones do have a Horde equivalent, so you can use this in a certain way and adapt it just to the horde zones instead of the alliance zones that I might mention. But if you're going to start off, you obviously want to look towards a Westfall around level 10-ish. You want to level in your starting zone, of course, up until level 10. And then you want to look towards Westfall or Darkshore, something like that. I would generally look towards Westfall because I stick on the eastern eastern kingdoms continent as there is a lot more easier access quests for alliance i would say that it's easier access for the horde on the uh on kalimdor so definitely make sure that you head on over to there if you are a horde character but if you're alliance i would recommend westfall and then you move on to red ridge move down towards uh, duskwood and then you're at a weird sort of awkward level around level 28 and you don't necessarily want to head into Stranglethorn Vale just yet. So you kind of want to complete as much as you can in these sort of level ranges. You can go up towards Wetlands where there will be a couple quests that you can do up there and get yourself to the level 30 mark. 
When you hit the level 30 mark, you can head down to the north of Stranglethorn, and there is a lot of quests to pick up there and to utilise the amount of mob killing that you can do in this zone. Now, Stranglethorn can take you upwards to level 45, but I generally leave around level 40 and head towards uh, uh, Tanaris or Duskwella Marsh, I should say. Duskwella Marsh has a really good outpost in it, in the middle of the swamp, that gives loads of quests, very good XP. And then I will generally head down towards uh, Tanaris and Gadgetzan, where you can... You know, pick up loads of different quests, pick up Zulfarak quests, do a dungeon, hop in there and stuff like that. This will generally bring you around to the level, you know, 46, 45 to 50 mark. If you're at the higher level mark, like the level 50, you can hop into Ungoro Crater. If you're at the level 40 mark, I would very much recommend something like the Hinterlands for you. And then move on to Ungoro Crater. After Ungoro Crater, I would recommend going into Eastern, is it Eastern? No, it's Western Plaguelands, and then Eastern Plaguelands after that. That is to get you to level 60, but pushing on through that is very simple because the levelling in Burning Crusade is a lot more streamlined. So it will be Hellfire Peninsula, it will be Zangamarsh, Terracar Forest, Nagrand, Blades Edge Mountains, and then either Netherstorm or Shadowmoon, dependent on your uh, preference, to be honest. So this is my sort of route when going through levelling in Burning Crusade. You can mix it up a bit and do some stuff on Kalimdor and stuff like that. You can hop over there, do a few quests if you're stuck within a certain levelling range. But I definitely think that this is or this is the route that I stick by when I do make a new character in Burning Crusade. And I find it a very comfortable route. And I don't necessarily have to go out of my way far too often to find extra levels just randomly and stuff like that. It's usually when you're going to hit another 10 mark in that regard. So level 28 to 30, level 38 to 40, 48 to 50, that sort of mark where you might be struggling for some XP and stuff like that. Where you might have to scrounge about and everything. But this is generally a nice and easy way to get to the level that you want to be at and very quickly it's very efficient i feel other people might have different routes but this again is my route and one that i've sort of gotten better at and adapted more and more throughout my years of playing well so i definitely hope that this sort of uh, route will give you an idea of how to plan your own route or just do the route that i suggested right there but let's get straight into the news. So what we're going to be looking at first is the Season of Mastery. And there's nothing too much crazy about it. But Season of Mastery Phase 2 has dropped. And it dropped on the 16th of December. And what was in Phase 2 of Season of Mastery was something very simple. It is the world bosses of uh, uh, WoW Classic. And them being Lord Kazak and Azagos. So Lord Kazak is a world boss in the Blasted Lands and uh, you can get an Eye of Shadow from the uh, elite demons that surround him and you will be guaranteed an Eye of Shadow from Kazak if you kill him. Eye of Shadow of course is used for the priest quest for Benediction and Anathema and uh, 
it's a nice easy way to just farm some of these mobs you'll need a group for these elites because they do hit very hard and you will need a 40 man group to take down lord kazakh and it's it's in a very weird place i'm not gonna lie it's in a very obscure place that you wouldn't necessarily look you'd accidentally run into the elite mobs and probably get yourself killed not gonna lie so definitely keep an eye out but kazakh and azagos is a blue dragon and he resides in Azara. And what he can drop is the Sinu. Um, and what the Sinu is, is for hunters. And uh, this uh, is to make your Rock de Labo. This is something that has a low chance to drop from the Elite Blue Dragons. But is also guaranteed to drop from Azagos. So if you're a priest, you're going to be looking at doing Lord Kazakh a lot more. And if you're a hunter, probably Azagos a lot more so. Now, they have also added that Phase 3 content, such as uh, which includes Blackwing Lair and Dark Moonfair, that uh, rhymed, is uh, currently planned for early February. And they haven't released any more details on that. That is just that when they are planning to release the next patch. So hopefully they go along with it. I am very curious to see what happens when it season of mastery gets to its finale which is naxxramas i'm very interested to see if they add more content to it and if so what content it will be and how it will um affect the game because classic is a whole different type of uh balancing pretty much in terms of it's not balanced at all it's very not balanced at all. There are some classes that are just generally better than others. And I think that they're trying to balance it with stuff like uh, debuff limits being taken away. Because it allows Warlocks to put on all of their curses and stuff like that. It allows Hunters to use Serpent Sting. It won't do much for them. But it allows them to use Serpent Sting. It allows so many more things. And you can potentially you know, stack up loads of Warlocks and just have two million curses on this one boss so we'll see but i'm really hope that they do something special with it because otherwise it it does have a date where it will end and that's the same as burning crusade classic it does have a date where it will end and this is something that you do not want you want your mmos to carry on and keep evolving and you know changing because it does have a player base that is alive and this player base does want to see change whenever possible. So moving on to the 9.2 PTR build. This is stuff that was um that is on the 9.2 PTR right now. And it's just a few class changes uh, and, you know, more updates on character customization and stuff like that. But what you're looking at is mostly, I forget what it is, class tuning and stuff like that, and a few other bits and bobs. But we're starting with characters. So they have added three new Night Elf male face options. Uh, and, yeah, it's kind of it. The thing that they added was uh, basically they're less, they have a less aggressive mouth. It's more natural because their mouth, when in some, or in some of the customizations their mouth would be very much like an m shape like a mcdonald's so you'd see at the tip of the m's the top of the m's 
you would see their like lips been parted and you can see their teeth and stuff it's just more natural and more smoothed out and it's not an m it's an actual you know a resting lip it's yeah something it's more of a downturn face it's nothing too major it just makes it look more natural which is good class changes you have druid and you have more specifically i forgot the covenant venthyr druid so sinful hysteria which is the venthyr power now increases the duration of ravenous frenzy uh, by 0.1 second and this is instead of 0.2 seconds and you will not over be and you will not overcome be overcome by frenzy for three seconds after it ends it was five seconds so this is a massive nerf this is an insane nerf to uh, venthyr druids and this is mainly because they're having a lot of uh, you know spotlight in mythic plus content and raids with um the legendary that you have here you could pretty much keep ravenous frenzy going for a very long time minute like a minute sort of uh time period you're looking at if you've popped pi on you you've got heroism you can really pump out some crazy numbers with uh this legendary and this uh covenant so i can understand the nerf but this really hits it hard the application is where people wanted it the overcome by frenzy isn't necessarily the worst thing but the application only 0.1 seconds added instead of 0.2 will kill this off because you're having to double the amount of spells just to you know keep up with what you originally had now i can understand this in a raid scenario because you've got so many heroisms and stuff like that i can understand this in some mythic plus groups but you would have to build the mythic plus group around the balanced druid because you've only got five people if you want a pi you're going to need a priest if you want a heroism which you always will you're going to need a hunter shaman mage whatever and it requires a lot it requires the entire team to pump stuff into this druid and the druid still needs to ramp up compared to raiding where the druid has so much time to ramp up its damage because of the raid boss that you can keep this going for minutes whereas mythic plus content might be over in like 30 seconds some bosses in some cases so i think it's been hit too much and I think you could keep it in its original version for Mythic Plus. Maybe just have the nerf for raiding. I think that would be more than enough for this legendary to not be as potent in a Mythic or whatever raiding scenario. Because Boomkins were going a bit crazy with this, not going to lie. For Priest, you have the set bonuses. Now these aren't set in stone. They are very much been looked at. And this is, uh, you know, one of the latest ones to come out. So for Shadow, you have the two-piece uh, two bonus that has been reworked. And you have a 0.8% chance per insanity spent on damaging abilities to trigger Dark Thought. And your four-set bonus is uh, consuming a Dark Thought causes your Shadow to amp... Uh, animate following you and dealing 3715 damage over eight seconds to all enemies within 10 yards of your target 
Now, this can be good because if you're very lucky, you can do a huge amount of AoE damage. I'm not going to lie. If you've stacked up, you know, 30 mobs and you're getting a dot on them for 3,700 damage over 8 seconds, that's going to really tick and really increase your uh, AoE potential. And this is what I think Shadow Priests needed. They needed a bit more AoE potential. Their single target is very good, very clean, and their utility is, like, off the charts. But they needed that AoE in terms of maybe Mythic Plus and stuff like that. So I would... I can see why they're adding this as a four set piece but i think some other priests might just want you know some raw damage like a void torrent or something like that even more but we'll see how this performs for shaman you've got quite a few changes for ev- for every single in shaman spec nope nope for elemental and enhancement restoration is not being touched so a lot of this is to do with the conduits so elemental conduit now also reduces the cooldown of chain harvest which is your venthyr ability by one second when flame shot critically strikes this is good this is a new one and uh, this basically means that your chain harvest is up more frequently depending on how much your flame shock is critting so this could be good they might just need to, to keep an eye on it it depends how much flame shock ticks for how often stuff like that but i don't see this being overly overpowered to be honest i think it might be in a good place and they can obviously tweak it from here your flame shock now has a target cap of six so you can apply it to six targets this is for the more pve orientated shamans your frost shock damage is increased by 40 percent this is just baseline because frost shock was very you could just brush it aside its damage is very much used for its utility in terms of the slow Unruly Winds, which is a conduit, has a chance to tr- uh, chance to trigger is now 15% to 50% base on the item level. It was 20% to 35%. So 15% at the very lowest item level is meh, but up to 50% is really high. So Unruly Winds is sort of, um, I believe it's Doom Winds conduit, and it's not a bad sort of play style and this might help it out quite a bit magma fist uh conduit additional critical strike chance is now 12 percent to 37 percent based on the item level it was 15 percent to 25 again at its highest item level you're getting an extra 12 percent crit chance which is really good focus lightning damage or healing is increased is now or or healing increase is now 5 to 12% base item it was 1 to 4.5 that's insane so the lowest item level that you can get for this conduit is high is giving you a higher damage and healing increase than the highest conduit item level before this buff that's absolutely insane so if you did have this conduit, you're going from 4.5% to 12% if you had the highest le- item level of it, which is a nice jump. That is a very nice jump. Let's take a quick break. 
ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Uh, chill to the core. Uh, chance to trigger is now thirty to seventy-two percent based on the item level. It was twenty-one to thirty-five. Again, this isn't going to break the game. I don't think it's just very nice to possibly make shaman switch it up. Elemental uh, uh, conduits and talents. So for elemental, ice fury talent now causes your next four frost shocks to deal two hundred twenty-five percent. Increased damage was 300. Your fire elemental uh, has had the mana cost of its abilities reduced by 90% and should no longer run out of mana. I can see this being a problem in PvE because when the fire elemental runs out of mana, he's kind of useless. It's, It's one of them things. It's kind of like having a water elemental in Burning Crusade. If they run out of mana, they're just useless. They're just going to follow the target and not do anything so i can understand this being a change and this should be a very nice quality of life one that some shamans in pve would probably uh, notice for enhancement if you lava lash a target that has a flame shock on them lava lash will now spread flame shock up to three nearby enemies in an eight yard radius if all enemies in the area are already affected with flame shock it will refresh the duration of flame shock instead. Now this is a big change. This is a very big change. This allows so much cleave to happen for the enhancement shaman, either in PvE or PvP. You can put a enhancement shaman with a death knight to sort of cleave them down, get the procs with the conduit that allows for you know your chain harvest to be reduced when flame shock crits. You can be pumping out so many chain harvests with this, and that could be a very nice combo, to be honest, going into 9.2. So definitely keep an eye out for that. It is very, very potent when paired with the right conduit. Your feral spirits no longer show up under the unit frame totem timer slots. This is to prevent too many spirits in conjunction with the other summons overflowing these slots and despawning the spirits spirits prematurely that's unfortunate so this is just a nice quality of life change it is stupid that this is even a thing it's good that it's been addressed now though your ice strike talent and sundering talent can now properly cause the flame tongue weapon to damage flame tongue weapon damage effect so it was just a numbers problem very nice and simple your Ice Strike and Sundering are no longer able to be used while disarmed. And no longer... Oh! Oh, okay. So this is a small nerf. So if you understand the Sundering ability, it is a stun where they generate some Maelstrom and stuff like that. It's only used in PvP, most likely, I believe. But 
if you are very good with your disarms in PvE, or I should say PvP, then this is one to note against shamans that they can't use these two abilities now when they are disarmed, so that's very good to note. For Warlocks, the Summon Succubus and Incubus are now available on the PTR. So, obviously the Incubus is one that is being added to the PTR, and you can choose to summon each, or either the Succubus or the Incubus, or just a random one every time that you do summon your uh, Succubus or Incubus, and it chooses for you. It's very simple. Uh, Seduction, your pet ability, now causes the target to slowly walk towards the demon. It now has. It now also has a chance to break on damage taken rather than always breaking on the first instance of damage. So it's like a fear, which is kind of staying with how Warlock spells work, I guess. And the Whiplash pet ability now also causes the enemies to take 1% increased damage from the Succubus or Incubus each time it strikes, stacking up to 10 times, and its duration increased to 15 seconds was 10 seconds. So they're looking to push the Succubus and Incubus into more PvP and more just streamline gaming rather than the Fell Hunter. I don't think this will do it. I think the Fell Hunter is very much the best one to sacrifice or to keep as a pet. So I think they would need a bit more of a change, to be honest. The Succubus can be good, but the Fell Hunter is just a lot more dominant in most of the matchups, to be honest. For Warrior, you have the two set bonus as well. And this is the, or now increases Colossus's smash debuff by 5%, was 10%. And this makes sense because you're already dealing 30% increased damage with Colossal Smash. So an extra 5% makes it 35. It's still a nice DPS increase, but 40% is quite a lot, I'm not going to lie. And the four set piece is your strength increase per stack is now 2%, was 4%. And stacks up to four times was five times. So if you pair the four set piece with the 10% uh, Colossus Smash, you could get an insane amount of DPS out. And you probably don't want that. Warriors would become very mainstream. They are very good as it is in PvE and PvP. But this would kind of push it over the top, I feel. For Dungeons and Raids, you have the new raid that has opened up. And they're starting to test heroic encounters. And uh, they have completed the heroic encounters for Anduin and uh, the ones before Anduin. They have yet to test the last three bosses, including the Jailer fight. And I don't know if they actually will test it on the PTR. I imagine they will. Very briefly, though. I imagine they want to just take just to check if there's any major bugs with regards to the fight. But I don't think they would want to spoil the fight in its entirety. So I really hope that they don't let people just, you know, do the fight as its entirety. I hope that they only get to show very small snippets of it for like maybe an hour or two in on live on the PTR. And then they take the PTR down to sit see if there was any bugs that were found within these fights. So the heroic testing has been done. It will follow with mythic testing. I would have fought up to Anduin, and then they will look at the last three bosses. 
And for player versus player, the Death Bolt talent now deals its damage over three seconds. It was immediate damage. This periodic effect cannot be dispelled. This is insane. This kills Affliction Warlocks very badly. So Affliction Warlocks, uh, with Death Bolt, it took all of your damage over time spells off of the target and it put them all into those, this one bolt, hence a Death Bolt. And it, it basically was a massive hit. If you have eight debuffs on you, all damage over time, it will accumulate all of the damage that it would have done and put it into this one big bolt. And it hit like a dump truck, I'm not going to lie. I was playing arenas earlier, like today. My Paladin healer went from 88% to 0% in one death bolt. It was hilarious. We still won the game because we cross-killed as well. We killed their priest and stuff. And then I managed to get a res off and on our healer. But... It was insane. I literally saw the death bolt flying. I checked my healer's health, 88%, and then it's just zero. And I was like, whoa. Whoa, that was insane. It hit for 44,000. And uh, my druid, for a sort of comparison, I have 53,000 HP at 100%. So it hits for quite a lot. I'm not going to lie. So this is a big talent change. This is a massive talent change. Uh, there are some quests that have been added to the PTR. Chapters 7 or 6 and 7 are available on there now for uh, those to test. And Torghast, you have just a shaman anima power. Heart of the Death Seer no longer causes increased flame shock spreading. As well as Zerath Mortis, more treasures have been added for you guys to discover. So a lot of stuff has been happening on the PTR for both uh, Burning Crusade and Retail. Burning Crusade, I know, has also started their PTR. A lot of Illidan kills have been happening, Mount Battle for Mount Hyjals. They've been testing a lot of these two raids. You also have tier sets that they're constantly changing on the Retail PTR, which is really nice. They're trying to get them to work. Some of them, they're doing some outlandish things and then bringing it back and changing it, chopping and changing it because people didn't like it. It was too overtuned. It was too weak, stuff like that. So it's really good that they're really trying stuff on the PTR as that is what it is for. The bosses, again, they're up to the heroic of Anduin and I imagine that they're going to start doing the mythic soon and uh, they still have the last three bosses to test however they want now it might be internal testing it might be on the ptr but i imagine they're going to throw it up on the ptr for a very small amount of time just to see if there's any major bugs and stuff like that but the way that these ptrs are sh shaping up within the new year we'll get some announcements of when it might drop i imagine around mid-jan you will or we will know when 9.2 comes out when Phase 3 is happening. I believe Phase 3 might have a date, but I'm not too sure. I can't quite remember if it does or not. But it's it's going to be good. Going into the new year with WoW, we're going to get some content. And that's really good because we've been starved of it in 2021. We went through eight months without a patch in retail. 
And that's not healthy for the game at all in any state that it's in. No matter if it's in its best patch throughout its entire history, you cannot stay on the same patch for eight months. It's not fair on your consumers. And it's not. it's just not fair to anyone who play and love the game. Even the people who work on the game and who put real like effort and dedication into it. It's not fair on them because it's it's a reflection of how, you know, on how we might view them. We might think that they're lazy when they've actually been trying really hard to push certain like ideas to, you know, the people higher up. I know it's a mess at Blizzard right now, obviously, but a lot of people do love the game who work at Blizzard and it isn't everyone at Blizzard that's, you know... <sighs> Well, dealing with all of that stuff, you know, you know what I mean, all of the legal stuff, and it's it's not good. But there are people who love the game and they want to see it flourish. That is why I think we've seen a lot of improvement during the late end of 2021, leading into 2022, with WoW, with more sort of communication, more patches, PTRs, and stuff like that. So hopefully, we'll get more WoW news soon. But for me, that is it this week. Thank you all very much for listening. Do check out everything down below. Patreon, check out the YouTube. The YouTube's been doing great uh, recently and I would highly recommend it. Doing a lot of Mage Tower stuff on there. Just showing my um, my prowess at certain challenges and my failures. It's, yeah, it's something. But thank you all very much for listening as always. Bye.